Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no don't sweat yo, cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. We're back. We had a little break, much needed, but I'll be honest, I'm glad to be back. I missed putting something out. And we have a great interview to come back with today. It's with Eleanor Pienta. She is in Cocoon Central Dance Team, which You've heard me talk about them before on this podcast. You know how much I love them if you've listened to those episodes. And there's several episodes where I've mentioned Cocoon Central Dance Team. And Eleanor, I was so thrilled to have her on because she's such an interesting performer. She's a true artist, very unique, very confident. And, you know, I don't I don't know how to really phrase it. I, I recently saw her before this interview at a show of her Cocoon Central Dance Team member Tally's show, previous guest Tally Medell, and Eleanor just has a presence about her that really captures your attention. That's the best way I can word it, but why keep gushing about her now when you're going to hear me gush over her in this interview? So after I do all the gushing, we get into her career and her artistry, and it's a really great chat, so let's just get right to it. Here's my chat with Eleanor Pienta. I'm extremely excited that you're on. As people who listen to the episode with Tally, one of your Cocoon Central Dance Team cohorts, mm-hmm. I adore Cocoon Central Dance Team. I love, I said this a bunch then. It's going to, my love for all of you individually and as a group is so high. Thank you, Chase. That I gush, I can't help it. You all are so special and unique. And again, separately and together, there's something really special. And it's just really one of my favorite things, Cocoon Central Dance Team. And whenever I see any of you do anything, I'm always like blown away. Really admire y'all's work. Thank you. You're very welcome. If you don't take compliments well, (laughs) get out. Get out. No, but I do, seriously, I mean that sincerely. I just think you all are super talented. And I think you're super talented. And let's talk about that. There's a lot that I want to ask. I have a series of questions. Number one, you're amazing. How and why? No. Um, <laughs> when did you start performing? When did you get into acting and comedy and dance? <sighs> okay. I danced since I was like five Mm -hmm. but not you know like I did my sister and I did tap jazz and ballet and then once you got to a certain age you had to pick one and we picked tap um and then kind of stopped but I always loved dancing I would whenever I was home alone I would turn on the radio and dance in front of the television um and then as soon as somebody pulled in the driveway I would turn off the radio and run upstairs. (laughs) So it was always like a very private thing. And I was kind of shy. I was very shy about performing, despite knowing that I really wanted to. So like in high school, I did the play 
The problem was if I was going to do basketball, I couldn't do the play. And if I did the play, I couldn't do basketball. Um, And so I did the play, I think, two years. And then I didn't do basketball. But then the director's um, husband had a stroke. So the play was off. And so I was like, oh, I could have at least played. It's fine. But there was this one. God, I don't remember what the fucking musical was. But it was like. Dun, 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 dun. But what's the story? Morning uh, Glory. What's it, what is that uh, one? That's not West Side Story. No, it's um. Is it Hello Dolly? Who the fuck? This is one of my blind spots with entertainment. Is musicals. well, <laughs> me too. Um, clearly. But I was like one of the girls singing that song, and I there's a part where we run out, and I was like kind of hiding behind. <laughs> Uh, uh, cast me and Miss Helfer the director is like Who's, who is that behind so, who's running behind let me see you you need to be seen and I was like okay how old were you yeah, for this I mean I must 15 or 16 maybe wow okay yeah I was the thing is I think for a very long time I wanted to act I just didn't I was embarrassed I was embarrassed to say I want to act Mm. Um, and so then I went to Emerson college and that is where I met Smith and Tally. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. and I was studying writing poetry to be exact. (laughs) And at Emerson, it's a great spot if you know exactly what you want to do, but I wanted to take filmmaking classes. I wanted to take acting classes. And in order to do that, like you had to take two prereqs to take like the first class or right. you know, like, so I would be there for eight years. Right. And um, you transferred, right? Yes. That's why I dropped the fuck out. I was there for a year and a half. And it was there that we started a comedy collective. Mm-hmm. Our two friends, Zach and Dustin, started it and asked me to be in it. But Emerson had like... Instead of frats, they had comedy groups mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wildly. Um, That's pretty great. Yeah, it was so funny because like the cool kids were the the fucking dorks, you know, yeah. like and everybody wanted to be friends with the comedy people. And so I had auditioned for a couple of the comedy groups. But I also like I was like, I'm not funny. I like I know how to laugh at myself, but I don't I don't like making jokes. I am mm-hmm. a weirdo and play with that. Um, so anyway, Zach and Dustin started this group and they asked me and I was like, I why did you like why? And at Emerson, basically the little building where the food place was. I don't even remember what things are called. Food place. Um, the cafeteria. Yeah, cafeteria. Or the student union? No, it was, yeah, I guess it was a student union, but I'm food. There was a court, food court. Yeah, a specific name though, but it wasn't food court. It doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) The mess hall. The mess hall. (laughs) If only we called it the mess hall. Sorry, guys, I got to run to the mess hall and get some cereal. (laughs) We. There, there was residential dorms. That's what they're called. <laughs> there were a couple of residential buildings uh, where we lived across the commons, like near Beacon Hill um, on Arlington. Six Arlington is where I lived. Anyway, 
we were all eating together. And then I, I don't know if I even said anything, but then I just started running away. I <laughs> ran all the way home and wow. they thought that was really funny. And that's why they asked me. Oh, interesting. Like, cool. Right. <laughs> well, I'm in. If Sunitha's in, I'm in. Yeah. But at that point, I I didn't know Tally, mm-hmm. or I'd met her once, but I met Sunitha, I think like my first day mm-hmm. of college. And she would it was wild because she it was like, who is she? And we always I always joke that like I was like, mm, I didn't like her at first. And it wasn't that I, w- I was intimidated by her because she was so confident and funny. Uh, and I'm like, uh-huh. who the fuck is this? Like a, a little <laughs> right. competition, I'm sure, if, mm-hmm. if I was the same Eleanor that I am now. <laughs> but then my birthday, this is all stupid stories, but I'm going to keep going. Um, I want it all. I want it all. Okay, great. My birthday is October. And so I was always really worried that like I would start college and I wouldn't have anybody to celebrate with, even though my sister went to BU and she came over and we all hung out and Sunitha was there. And my sister Sue was like, Sunitha's amazing. She's so funny. I'm like, no, I know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so then we just, it was a, I just actually saw Sunitha last night and we were talking a little bit about college stuff. And it was truly like meeting a soulmate. Like I'd consider her a soulmate because it was that thing when you're a freak and you, you can hide behind kindness and and beauty. You can hide behind this exterior that you have, but you know, deep down you're a little fucking weirdo. (laughs) And she was the same kind of weirdo, you know I mean? Obviously we were very different and came up very differently, but like we were, it was like, I met my match Yeah, and and yeah, and so that was, I, I think, a very defining moment in terms of, you know, and I think at that point she had wanted to do SNL. She was like in a comedy. She's mm-hmm. the funniest. Everybody's fucking... super. Fu- yeah. Yeah. And super sweet to all of you are super sweet and super yeah. funny. But yeah. 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 Truly the best. And then she also had this incredible dance background. Like she was on a competition team. She can like she can pick up choreograph choreography like nobody's business i'm like oh my god so i think she minored in dance there because i think at that point they had a dance minor so we went out dancing and it was one of those things where they basically invite in you get in for free to this club if you bring your friends so like if you bring girls essentially it was like not good yeah but sunita and i just went we're like oh we didn't bring anybody but can we just come in (laughs) (laughs) They let us in and we just danced the whole fucking night. And this was like Sunitha danced and she used her face in a way that like she couldn't control. And I was like, this is insane because she was so free. Right. Like it was just like balls to the wall. And I was like, oh, my God. okay, noted, (laughs) noted, go hard so that you can't you have no control. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay, And then. Tally was in an improv group that was all very funny. And there was one show she did where she, I don't remember the scene or anything, but she just lifted up her shirt, smacked her stomach, 
and walked off the stage or something like that. And I I was yeah. gobsmacked. I was she like, did something like that at the show the last time I saw you at, at her show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's become rubbish. her staple. <laughs> and we were dying. With, yeah. yeah, it's. But then also, like, for me, it was somebody who had such confidence in their body with their body. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. again, it's like, so I was like, okay, got it. Uh-huh. And then our our buddy Katie Cook at the time, witness now, married. She was Tally's best friend from Alaska. She mm-hmm. also is like kind of the most possessed, incredible dancer. And uh-huh. she's like sexy. And she's like not afraid. She's not afraid of her the sexiness of her body, which mm-hmm. again, like these are the three like pillars of Eleanor like owning owning her body. Uh-huh. And like letting okay. it do what it does. And that's the, Katie used to be in, she was a founding member of Cocoon. Of, of Cocoon, right. And so these guys were my wizards. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's not to say like I didn't do my own thing and have my own. Right. But that's what helped you go from hiding behind someone mm-hmm. on when you're on stage mm-hmm. to fully being yourself. I'm glad you're bringing this up because yeah. one of the main questions that I have for you is around this, like, how are you so open on stage? Because when I see you perform, there is like a, a reckless abandon to it. There, yeah. It is like such a free spirit. And I don't see someone who is behind a bunch of emotional blocks. Yeah. I think that's definitely true for all three of you. And I think that's one of the things that inspires me so much about you all, mm-hmm. because I feel like I have a bunch of emotional blocks to get through still. Mm-hmm. I guess we're always learning, but I feel like yeah. I've reverted somehow. Mm-hmm. And so when I see someone who is just being fully themselves unapologetically and just letting your body be what your body is and your face be what your face is and the words coming out of your mouth be a full representation of you, uh, it's it's interesting. And so the they all helped encourage you out of that, inspired mm-hmm. you out of that space but what else do you contribute to you coming out of that shell so two things come to mind we started a um that comedy troupe at emerson we were called cognac and because we started it even though i dropped out i came back and performed with them Mm -hmm. and then basically most of us moved to new york and so at under saint mark's we had a radio show so we did Mm -hmm. foley's live and all of that in front of a an audience. And we had a residency there for a year and that also helped me get comfortable on the stage. So like that definitely, I kind of came out of my shell. Um, and then my dad died mm-hmm. and it was the worst thing in the fucking world. And so I had always wanted because then, so I finished up at Hunter College and um, I studied photography and video there. Mm-hmm. And so in the art department. And so- I had all these videos I was making and I knew I wanted to put on a show that was weaving together live performance and video work, but I was kind of just too scared. And of course, like in terms of live performance, I, my crutch was cocoon. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm getting, I'm getting that, that blood from performing with cocoon. I don't need to do this solo thing, even Mm -hmm. though like I was really chomping at the bit to, to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So then my dad died, which to me was the scariest thing that could happen. 
that already happened. So in my head, it was like, mm. okay, so do that solo show because the scariest thing already happened. Right. What? You're going to fail on stage. You're going to fucking learn a shit ton. Do it. Right. Do it. Right. Um, oh, that's interesting. So then, so then I made Happy, which was this show. And it was, it's funny because I don't, when I'm making something, I don't know what it is. So I don't know exactly what it's about or anything like that. Oh, interesting. But all of the pieces ended up pointing to kind of depression. A friend, mm -hmm. a friend, which makes total sense because obviously it was, you know, what deeply, you're going through, right? Yeah, deeply sad. And, um, and it, so it's fun. It's fun for me to to not know, but it is because I'm such an emotional being and I can't help it. It just it just comes out, and then the totality shows itself, right? Like there's the string is me, and then you kind of see what the fabric is at the end. Yeah. But so those are the two things that come to mind, and then I just think mm -hmm. you know, like obviously performing with Cocoon just bolstered my confidence because I was with my two best friends who were incredible right. performers. Right. And it was like, just go, just do it. And so it's just a funny thing, I think, because sometimes when I get off the stage, like when I'm doing my solo stuff, I'm like, I don't know what just happened. Like, I don't know mm. what I did. Interesting. But at the same time, I don't like walking into new places. I don't, mm -hmm. I have social anxiety, mm. but get me on a stage that's interesting. I mean, because I've seen some clips of shows and you go for it, like nude pieces mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that you do. So I, mm -hmm. it's interesting to hear that you still have some anxiety when you are open enough to still like go out and just do yeah. what the F ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's I think those two things fuel each other, you know, or at least the I don't know. Or, it, they just both exist within me and mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and a stage is a, a magical place where for me no rules exist oh, and wow. um you go balls out or go the fuck home why mm. yeah. why do anything else um mm. and what i i'm thrilled by not knowing what to do now like <laughs> yeah because I love, I love just dancing to the music. The music informs my movement. Obviously, that's what dance is. But mm -hmm. I love reacting to a thing, and in the same way of of talking, it's like I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. I don't know what accent I'm going to do, but I'm going to find it. It's mm -hmm. terrifying. I yeah. mean, bef before a show, I'm like, I why am I doing this? I hate this. Is awful. I hate this. Why do I keep doing this? Um, but then, it's such a thrill when you find it. Mm -hmm. on stage and i think it's it's as an audience member when i'm seeing somebody find the thing and it yeah. works yeah. it is that much sweeter yeah um not to say that like a well a scripted and a well acted oh thing sure do the same thing right. but there's a, something yeah. about a really great performer finding something on stage because for me if you're talented mm -hmm. and i think about Annie Donnelly, who's a, um, a comedian, she's incredible. I remember the first time I saw her and I was I, I just was like her. This She's from Chicago. They brought the Annoyance Theater here. Mm -hmm. She is a fearless performer. 
And we would do this. They started this show that started in Chicago, but it was called the Holy Fuck Show. Mm-hmm. And basically it was, you know, you do a bit and you can have whoever on stage, but basically you're learning it the day of. Oh, and wow. um, she did this thing and she just failed. Like it wasn't working. <laughs> and the treat was watching her try to save herself. Because I think when you're a talented performer, you're obviously, you're smart. So you're mm-hmm. you're finding ways in which to bridge the fucking fall to the road. And right. sometimes you get there, sometimes you don't. But <laughs> you do not, yeah. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> but it's a treat to watch somebody try to Go for find, it, yeah. Try to find that. Um, right. And that's right. partially why I started mother's milk which is this variety show where basically i ask people to do something they've never done before do something that they're scared of take mm. risks fail but fail 100 percent. you know right because yeah. i think there there are these shows which is like you try to be as polished as possible who knows who's there etc mm-hmm. or people who are just doing the same material because it works and right, i also get right. you have to hone your material that's right. fine but but here's a space where Cool. You're a dancer and you've wanted to sing. Sing. What? You can sing like a okay, incredible. Um Yeah. It's it's been it's been a thrill to see people, you know, comedians sing. And you're like, wait, I'm sorry. What? And then see them use singing in their material now. Like it was like, uh, here's a place where I can try the thing. Right. That's that is tough to do to go all in on something you're afraid to do. And again, I think that there's a lot to gain from watching somebody do that as yeah. a human being. I totally agree. Those are delightful shows to see. And those are great mm-hmm. moments when people do find something. I mean, that's why I love improv so much because yeah, exactly. it is it is that activity of, well, I don't know what's going on. And then something that we all experienced at the same time just got silly and funny yes. and yes. we all saw the thing that we're now referencing and laughing about yeah and it, yeah. it all happened to us at the same time at the same time <laughs> there's something really fun about that mm-hmm. especially when people are being open yes and, and just letting it letting it go and let it happen yeah. yeah and not worrying about being good with air quotes around it yes i think good is a huge problem mm-hmm and I think that that, I mean, once you can kind of let that go and just. Right. Because if it's a band playing a song, <laughs> yes, they shouldn't be sloppy. Mm-hmm. There is honing that goes into it. You want them to, when you're listening to them, you know, not be sloppy and, and, and play well so that it's listenable. Mm-hmm. But when someone's soloing. Mm-hmm. They can just go for it. Yeah. And when it works, it's because they're not trying too hard to be good. Yeah. With improv, there isn't something as specific as a time signature or a key. Mm -hmm. So you don't have something to nail. Right. Other than just opening up, paying attention, you know, those sort of like listening skills. Yeah. Yeah. But like that's still you can't be like, I was good at listening in my improv show tonight. <laughs> that that's not a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's yeah. Are you just going for it? 
here's the here's the thing I can do, and I'm just gonna reach for it, and I might right. fall on my face, but guess what? I'm gonna fall spectacularly, and exactly. that ends up being the best thing about the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the exactly. spectacular fall. Yes, yeah. Drew and I also we talk a lot about flow. And that like Mm -hmm. flow within a painting, flow within a performance. For those listening, my partner, Drew Beatty, is a painter. And so we have these discussions about kind of a necessary disjunction, a necessary tension. So like that's the opposite of good, right? You're, Mm -hmm. you're, You're taking a left when the road is to the right. And then mm-hmm. somehow you get back to where you need to go. Like there's there's mm-hmm. some circuitry that you come back to. However, there's a wrongness that then makes the thing interesting, makes the right. thing kind of hold on. Because like a beautiful, like just a beautiful painting is nothing, right? Like a good <laughs> right. painting is nothing. But how <laughs> right. does it hold you? Right. And so sometimes that holding is watching, you know, watching a performer fall, you know, or, right, right. or just watching a little bit of a struggle. And I'm not saying that every performance needs needs that because right. that could be the way that something is written, where it's there's like this beautiful run of joy and excitement. And then just like a stop in the the character just stops to think for a minute and then keeps going. There's something mm-hmm. there that's like giving that a little bit of life of, of. Yeah. And to a certain degree, it's hard to put your finger on. Yes. Well, language fails. You can't, when talking about art, it's actually like, there aren't words. Right. It's sort of like the Mona Lisa, you know, it's not like it's the most colorfully eye catching painting or something like that. But I can't help but look at it whenever it's, you know, like if I was standing in front of it, I would be staring at it for some reason. And I cannot tell you why. Well, yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure that that was the reaction when it was first seen. And also, I mean, now there's just such a buzz about it that you, you, you almost look for it. Um, Right. But but, you do sort of see it and go, huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? What is it? Yeah, yeah. And I think if you're if you're not if something isn't making you go, hmm, what is this? Then you've got something that's mediocre. You know, like <laughs> right, if something's right. not holding you, then and that's the worst. Like, I think good is actually the worst mm-hmm. thing you could have. Like, pretty good is actually yeah. worse than bad. It could be, you know? <laughs> it could be well done, but you don't care about it. Right. It's not holding you. Right. It's sort of yeah. like the movie, The Room, like uh, the Tommy Wiseau. I, I have not seen that. <laughs> but you know, you know how yes. everyone talks about how about, so that's the thing. I've watched that movie so many times and I will watch it so many more times. <laughs> Everything about it is wrong. Yeah. Like the way they do everything is wrong. The way it's written, the way it's structured, the way it's edited, the way it's acted, the dialogue specifically, nothing about it makes any sense. Yeah. And it is the most engaging piece of work. <laughs> you know, like you you can't help but watch it and keep yeah, yeah. watching it. There are not dull moments. There are not moments in that movie where you are not paying complete attention yeah and that's what makes it a success 
It's yeah. because of that. Yeah. And it's not just like, there are other things that are incorrectly done, but mm-hmm. they, they lack something that the room has about it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you haven't seen it. So it's like, I know I'm sorry. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that part. Yeah. Where it's like, and they do the twist. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there are plenty of things that are like, wrong like bad just because they're uninteresting oh uh, yeah and or bad because like, this is right <laughs> most things are uninteresting Dare and then I there say. are a ton of things that are um you know like someone would look at it and say like hey that's incorrect and in a very sloppy and bad way it's like okay but this is different <laughs> i mean it's almost yeah. like an ed wood movie too you know like oh like, god yes you know, it's it's what is wrong about this? I don't understand it. It's so good. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like that yeah. is the way you feel about it when you're watching. And, you know, to this Steve Martin's whole act in the 70s, a stand up act was a performer, like a song and dance man who didn't realize that he's not good. Like, that's the premise. Yeah. And Cocoon Central Dance Team. One of the things that's so delightful to me, and I said this to Tally, was you watch a show and I'm like, wow, Eleanor can dance. Like, those are good (laughs) moves. Those are good Mm -hmm. dance moves. Yet I'm laughing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't know why. (laughs) I think, I mean, I think the secret to what Cocoon does is the use of our faces. Because I think in dance, you're not, of course, dancers use their faces, but that's not, it's usually about uh, the body and what mm-hmm. the body is doing. And so in conjunction with our body, I think we have these faces that are elastic and can go from one emotion to another. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it as well as um, kind of the juxtaposition of moves, which is, mm-hmm. you know, can be really sexy and then move to really freaky, like and <laughs> yeah. and and crazy, and then that <laughs> along with a facial reaction, um, is what makes it funny. Yeah. Um, I think we always struggle with people when we're like, "Yeah, we're a dance comedy show," and it's like, "What does that mean?" And it's like, <laughs> it's not bad dancing. Um, right that that can be funny but it's not what we do or we take it really seriously yeah the angle is definitely not you can't dance (laughs) that you're doing it poorly it's that is not the that is not the case yeah yeah (laughs) it's um good dancing that we somehow make funny because we're (laughs) three funny people (laughs) (laughs) yeah tally and i talked a lot about clown and that Mm -hmm. how that plays a role in it but there is something, and you sort of touched on this, uh, talking about soulmates. Like you all, the three of you are kindred spirits. Mm-hmm. It's not like only one of you has that vibe. All three of you have this vibe in mm-hmm. your own unique ways, but it, it all, it fits together so well. And I think that is also a thing that makes it work, which I don't oh know if God. that's teachable, but. <laughs> no, it's not. It's pure luck. It's pure yeah. luck. It's it's pure magic. It um truly. It is a gift and when you when when we actually think about it we kind of can't believe 
we were put in the same place at the same yeah. time and right. found each other. Right. Um, and then just developed a language because I think with with each of us, we were somehow attracted to each other and kind of a magnet for each other, but also like in very different ways. Mm -hmm. But there are so many connections um, that then we formed our own language, you know? And so I think it can be annoying to be around us probably. <laughs> um, although we're good at not going into it too much when other people, you know, are around. But like, I do think there is, you know, we'll just go off on a, on a bit for, you know, 15 minutes. I would um, never tire of it. I would, <laughs> I would just be like, yeah. Oh guys, we get a show. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> this is going to be fun. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. They're the only, I, there's no, explanation for it other than pure luck and just finding finding our people right oh yeah that's really special and sweet yeah you can't recreate that and i think no, yeah i mean i guess you can i think people start comedy troops you know based on that roughly well um, yeah but i i don't think it could be manufactured no of course not um and that was yeah it was it just just luck yeah. yeah oh that's a that's well that's nice that's a nice that's <laughs> i i just that is that is a special thing because it is yeah you know how did you all just end up at the same school you know yeah and somehow sunitha wasn't even in my building but she was there and that's how i met her like <laughs> i don't <laughs> you're drawn to each other I guess I, I mean, yes, we were, but also it, that's just like what drew you together. Yeah. <laughs> well, did it happen? yeah. Um, yeah. You've done a lot of acting mm -hmm. and uh, we were talking about uh, you having a manager off air. And I feel like I hear different things about managers. Some mm -hmm. people will say that their manager is there to help them sort of hone or get things together so that they can then go out and get an agent and you know the agent's job is to find work but the manager's job is to sort of get them ready and then mm -hmm. some people will say like well the manager gets me me work and they they tend to work like an agent mm -hmm. um for you what is the case um for me it's it's more the former of the two which is like let's set up meetings with casting directors so they know who you are um, let's meet with these people and just basically, yeah, like set you up for success. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've wildly gotten most of my jobs through my other jobs. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't book in the way that like I go into an audition and I'm gonna get the job it's and not that I don't audition um and not that I don't um I I guess there was like one that came this was when I had an agent Cocoon's agent um John Domingo's at Paradigm mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um he's no longer there but um he put me up for this this job and I auditioned and 
the director wanted to see it again, see mm-hmm. me again. And I got it. But that like of all the projects I've done, that one was like kind of the only one that what didn't come from previous like, reaching. I didn't notice there were some it seemed like there were maybe some directors you had worked with a couple times or some writers you had worked with a couple times. So mm-hmm. I guess uh, so I see what you mean. Um, yeah. But you've done a lot of cool things. You've worked mm-hmm. with a lot of cool people. Of course, you've worked with Tally in a couple of things. Uh, I, I saw there was uh, a movie you did with Jason Schwartzman and mm-hmm. uh, something else with Matt Jones, which is mm-hmm. a funny idea. But it was a movie called a bad, a bad Idea Gone Wrong. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen all of it, but the premise of that is funny. Mm-hmm. That you were basically squatting and then mm-hmm. these two guys kind of bumbling guys try to break in yeah um and so uh which i would like to see all where can people find that is there is there i think it's on i think online i think if you just google it there's it'll it must be on i don't know if it's streaming it was on i think amazon for a minute Mm -hmm. um because i i think um Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was actually the one that because Jason, the director, was repped by Paradigm and he and mm-hmm. John uh, had a good relationship. And he's like, hey, are, do you do you know anybody who might be right for this role? And um, and so I put myself on tape. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You're great on camera. You have you know, you're you're obviously a very good actor as well as live performer, which I mm-hmm. I, I do think there's. They're people who are really good at one of those. Yeah. But not both. And, they're different. You're, yeah. They're, yeah. There's such different skill sets almost, even though there's a lot of overlap. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. There's, of course, like the, the soul of it is the same, but then there's just like, I mean, what I love about film is the nuance and the smallness and the, mm-hmm. the not, the, the a, a simple look from left to right can convey Mm-hmm. A full story, right? It can set something up in a way that with stage, you just have to be bigger. And right. um, which I also fucking love. Like my favorite, <laughs> my favorite things are kind of the biggest, broadest, or not broadest, but biggest kind of characters. And then kind of internal, small, quiet characters. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, playing both on stage and on screen, fun, but different. Right. But right. I mean, you're using that you're using the same access point, of course, right. like in terms of emotion. Mm-hmm. But it's just how far you go, how big you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, We've watched Snowy Bing Bongs, the Cocoon mm-hmm. Central dance team short film. And in both the live performances that I've seen and in that you bring your sensibilities to it, but it plays different because it's a different kind of setting. It's a different medium altogether. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How were you able to bring that same sensibility? What would, what do you contribute to being able to still do your thing when it's in a setting like film? Well, I mean, that calls for a total totally different like i mean with cocoon and cocoon stuff that's us we're we're creating and with my own work i'm creating my own characters and language for that 
set set project. When you're going on somebody else's project, it's, you know, those rules are written mm -hmm. for you. And you're hopefully brought on to enhance those rules, play with those rules, push those rules, but they're not they're not all yours. Right. Whereas with Cocoon, obviously they are because we're setting the language, we're setting those boundaries mm -hmm. and rules. Um, and so I I love going into somebody else's world and creating a world with them mm -hmm. um, using all that I have in my instrument of a human being and brain mm -hmm. to elevate the said world, project, character. That for me is really fun. And I do think it keeps all of those creative juices active because you're using it in a different way that you have to be careful because I think when you're creating your own work, you have kind of creative control. Mm -hmm. And then when we, when you're on somebody else's project, they get to say, no, I don't want it to go that way. And you're like, okay, copy, swallow, tilt. Right. But I guess with that piece, since it was a cocoon thing, it was easier for you to say like, well, this is what we wanted to. Yeah. Well, and also Alex and Rachel who directed it, they had, I mean, they've known us forever. Rachel produced the first film I ever was in and Alex directed us in rehearsal videos and has just been a longtime friend. Mm -hmm. So they've seen Cocoon live for years. They've mm -hmm. known us for years and worked with us. So they understood our language and then they are all, they are both filmmakers. So they have all of these references that they were hitting and elevating our pieces visually for film. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they were perfect collaborators for us because, you know, Cocoon were three stubborn artists who have opinions mm -hmm. and they know that and they respect that. And they, they bow down to that most of mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. There were certainly points where I'm sure they, they were like, no, but we, we just have to do it this way. And we're mm -hmm. like, all right, all right. But yeah, I mean, as far as translating Snowy Bing Bongs from stage to screen, <laughs> that had a whole lot to do with Alex and Rachel. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And as from a performance point of view, there was one piece that I think you did when we saw you live, the first time we saw you live, that's also in Snowy Bing Bongs. When you're doing something that on stage, you do it one way. We do it on film, you do it a different, you, you have to sort of approach it a different way just because like you were saying on stage, you're bigger. Mm -hmm. How do you still hit the marks that you want to hit when you're going from stage to screen with the same piece? Well, I think the gift of this screen was like what we were talking about is like we get to catch nuances or you know like a close-up of us smacking our ass like it's <laughs> it's just about right we didn't we didn't utilizing change our performance. The, the medium right yeah we didn't mm -hmm. change the performance in terms of dance we right. obviously as as far as camera angles and ooh, can you can you actually do the canon here Sure. Like th mm -hmm. those, those kind of things, but the dances remained pretty much the same. Right. Right. And the way we approach them. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. That's, as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's, so the, the way to do that is mostly just thinking about, well, this is the medium and what can we highlight? And yeah. you know, it's not 
step on these people's energy. Let's yeah, highlight let's, the the right yeah, moment. What's, what's the what's the funny and can it get funnier with with said medium? Yes, exactly. It's, oh, cool. it's highlighting the funny, I think. Oh, or cool. fill in the blank, highlighting the sad, hi- highlighting the this right. moment that we love. Right. That is visually interesting, you know. Right. That we wouldn't necessarily be able to do on stage because it's just the three of us, whereas we have a camera that can do some tricks. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Do you still play basketball? <laughs> Did you ever get to play basketball again after that situation in high school? No, I just shoot hoops with my friends sometimes, but no, oh, I don't play. Mm-hmm. What position did you play? Because you were tall. Yeah, I played forward. I played forward. forward. I thought I was, was going to yeah. get. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. I think there was one time I had to play center and I was like, that's not, <laughs> that's not right. I wasn't quite <laughs> aggressive enough to play. Mm-hmm. Not that the center needed to be, but just that they're going to, they're going to be attacked. Right. Yeah, that they're... is right for sure. You got to block um, a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of boxing out and blocking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And taking a lot of hits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not um, ideal mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. I just really got into basketball again <laughs> this <yeah>. year. <laughs> yeah. My during quarantine, my I I work at at a bar, and so we did to go drinks, and we set up a projector, and we would just watch basketball, and it was so much <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. We watched Winning Time on HBO. And for like the first time in years, I was paying attention to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Eleanor, I just don't think that I have sufficiently pointed out just how great I think you are. Oh in my god! In a way god. that feels like it's landed. I f- I feel <laughs> I feel seen and appreciated. So it landed just right for me. I'm glad. Yeah, I do want everyone to realize that. You all are ones to watch and pay attention to and keep up with because Thank you. you're great. You're doing great things. You deserve to do more great things because love it. People who inspire are the ones you should be paying attention to, I feel. Yeah. And you all inspire. So thank you. Appreciate and you've got that. a oh well, you're very welcome. You have a movie that you're in that has Sebastian Stan that you have filmed oh, yeah. our filming? Yeah, I just shot that. It was a, a quick little role last Friday, this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. two Fridays ago. Yeah. Okay. Aaron Schimberg is the director who I think mm-hmm. is a true, truly a unique voice. And it's kind of a story about otherness and mm-hmm. and seeing yourself and perceive how you are perceived and how you perceive yourself. Mm. Um, yeah, so I just got to do a bit part, but I always love to work with directors again ones especially as kind of i think prolific as aaron people who i just like working with because i I worked with him on change for life which is a film that is worth a watch well that's awesome and congrats and i do believe that when you are in something with someone from marvel that means you are in the marvel cinematic universe i am yes i believe that's the rule I think I read that maybe a couple months ago. So I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. Because I read that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The movie, not necessarily a part of the MCU, but you are part of the MCU now. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I cannot, (laughs) I cannot wait. 
<laughs> for my homecoming. <laughs> well, I could talk to you forever, but we have things to do other than talk to each other. Uh, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah, I know. You bid life. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the end of the episode. We should create something together. Okay. Here's my idea, because you were talking about opening up on stage and mm-hmm. doing things that you know you don't ever do and trying things like with the show mother's milk mm-hmm. what is something about that that we could try to do here as a it's a i know it's an audio medium so we can't necessarily um, yeah do i was like thing, well obviously like, we dance <laughs> right we didn't um but maybe we could just sort of how could we encourage someone to find that for them, right? Like if, if there's someone listening who is in a shell, they want to get out of that shell, what could they do? What kind of steps could they take? Uh, and maybe it's uh, come do your show mother's milk. But <laughs> but if, if they can't do that, short of doing that, what is what is it that people could try to help themselves get out of that shell? Oh, well, I mean, it, you know, maybe it's just talking in an accent, you know, just, you know, give yourself, <laughs> make a little monologue for yourself and you know your your accent is going to change. You know, you're going to go from Hockney <laughs> to Australian to maybe a little bit, well, there's the Australian. Uh, maybe not, you know, maybe it's going to be, um, well, well, maybe it's a little Southern, you know? I don't know what your accent is going to be, and it doesn't actually even need to be specific. But maybe you just try speaking in a way you've never spoken before and embrace it and see who comes out because it might not be you. <laughs> there saying. it is. You know just what? Saying. I love it. I think <laughs> I think that's exactly what people should try. And mm-hmm. I mean, there. You know what it reminds me of? And I know I just said, there it is, which is usually the end of the episode. But let me just talk about it for a second. (laughs) There's something that's so playful about it that reminds me of childhood, right? Like when you were a kid and you were goofing around, you weren't concerned if you were doing the accent right. No. You weren't concerned if it was this like going back to what we're talking about, about being good. We weren't. We weren't thinking about like, but is this good or is this correct or is this the yeah. right way to do it? We were just doing it and having fun. And that is a certain vibe that I think well, we miss. Yeah. And I think one of uh, a compliment I've gotten that gives me life. And this happened after the last mother's milk where this this person came up to me and she was like, it feels like what I do at home by myself, but you're doing it on stage. And that is, that's the capture is like, yeah, we're all little fucking freaks. Let's go. (laughs) Let's have fun. Who cares? Nobody's watching. Who cares? Just go. Even if people are watching and that's, that's the aim. Yeah. When I see the stuff that you've done online, that was, maybe just in a rehearsal space, you are dancing without abandon as if no one's watching. Yeah. And it's no different than when you are on stage in front of a big crowd. Yeah. It's, and that's the, that's always, I think that line is always, I'm always playing with it because there are times where like, say I'm shooting a a video where it's either movement or a character and it's like, am I performing? Who am I performing for? 
am I self-conscious? If I'm self-conscious of the camera, I'm out. If I'm self-conscious of the audience, I'm out. You know, like you have to let it go. Um, Mm. And then just find, you know, you just got to find your accent and just just let it go. Just let it rip. (laughs) You're going to maybe you'll trip. Don't worry. Don't worry. You'll get it back or you won't. And you'll find something else. You'll find a different (laughs) one. You know what I mean? You just have Mm -hmm. to have to have fun. If you're not having fun, fuck the fuck off. Am I allowed to swear? I guess I should have yes, asked that. Yes, before. you are. <laughs> that was totally fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I did see something recently that was like advice for comedians. And one of them was have fun. And I was sort of like, well, I know what they mean. Sometimes that is taken as, well, just have a good time, which is no. not right. The That's same not thing. it. No. <laughs> it's like, have the fun you had when you were a kid, the reckless abandon, the not yes. concerned about anything. Right. Because Yes, exactly. Yes. And it's fun. And it's and so, I mean, I understand why it's phrased is like, have fun. If you're not having fun, then why are you doing it? And also, like, making work is not fun. You know, like talking, <laughs> talking to talking to myself on my couch is work. Mm-hmm. And then chiseling that down is work, you know, like, mm-hmm. so it's editing the video is work. It's not right. like every part of this is sunshine. It's because right. it's not. Right. But in terms of performance, you have to have that reckless abandon. And I think that that's exactly when we're talking about fun. We're talking about that reckless abandon. That Completely is like. Completely agree. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there it is. <laughs> this was really special to have you on for me. I, I have wanted to have you on for such a long time. And thank you so much for doing it. Oh, out. thank you for having me. What a treat. What an absolute treat and pleasure it was for us to have her on. If you want to check out more of what she's done, you can go to EleanorPienta.com. You can also go to CocoonCentralDanceTeam.com. And we have links to those in the bio. Check her out on Instagram at HoneyDipMagicStick and also at CocoonCentralDanceTeam. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod and subscribe to our YouTube channel at There It Is and follow me on Twitter at Jason Far Jokes and Instagram at Jason Far Picks. Also subscribe to our Comedy Lifestyle newsletter and support us if you can. We have a Patreon and a PayPal. Go to thereitispod.com for newsletter and support info. Links in bio. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 